Thanks to this week's podcast sponsor, the Houston Museum of African American Culture, which invites you to its Champagne and Ribs annual museum fundraiser this month. On November 2nd, HMAC was named a Houston Cultural Treasure by the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund. The award is an acknowledgement of the vital role that the museum plays in sharing African American culture and for it being a crucial part of making sure that representation and equity in art and culture exists for all. HMAC's art auction, which is part of an evening of celebration, features internationally recognized artists Evita Tizano, David McGee, Floyd Newsom, Johnny Floyd, and others. Your bid not only gets you an incredible work of art, but would also go a long way in sustaining the Houston Museum of African American Culture. The museum will be open during the week of December 3rd, from Tuesday to Saturday, 11 a.m. to 6 p.m., to preview the auction and purchase Champagne and Ribs tickets online or in person. You can learn more and purchase tickets online at hmac.org. That's H-M-A-A-C dot org. Hello, and welcome to Art Dirt. Today, I'm speaking with two Texas artists that have experience in self-publishing alongside their personal art practices. I'm recording in November, which sees both the Houston and Dallas scene fests, which have seen large numbers in terms of vendors and visitors. I wanted to know what artists in Texas working in independent publishing think about producing their work in the state. I'm here with Sarah Welch a multidisciplinary artist who has exhibited extensively across Texas and the United States. Welch works in multiple mediums, including illustration, printmaking, installation art, and sculpture, often making work about the present and future of the Houston urban and natural landscape. She is one half of the publisher Mystic Multiples, alongside her partner James Beard, where she prints her popular comic series such as Holdouts and Total Monsoon. Sarah, thank you for taking time to speak with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So I just wanted to ask you a couple questions about publishing your own projects in Texas. And uh, we will lead into just a question about how your work incorporates into the zine fests within the state. Um, So has Texas influenced your creative work has it influenced specifically um, how you self-publish your work? You create zines, illustrations. Uh, within Mystic Multiples, you take commissions. Uh, you're making a lot of work. Does Texas influence the publishing side of that at all? Uh, certainly. Uh, it definitely, I mean, it definitely has a huge impact on the stories themselves. Uh, as far as the publishing goes, I think being in Texas has actually put us, uh, at a good advantage for doing self-publishing work because there's so many major cities in the state and it's, uh, fairly easy to like travel between them. Um, we've done some out of state stuff, but, uh, I think the events we do in Texas are often some of the like highest quality. A lot of your work involves Houston as a setting. Um, so you are, in my opinion, making work about the state pretty regularly. 
Are there particular themes or aspects of Texas life that you find inspiring that you have a drive to publish yourself and get out there? I'm making work about Texas to some extent, but it's also about like the Gulf Coast region and like um, focusing in on that because that's where I live. That's where my family uh, is from in part. And so I have like a strong psychic connection to the place. And I also think stories uh, that the more specific they are, the more you can draw people in with that. And I think it's also uh, something that I just personally like to see more of. You know, I see a lot of media, film and television stuff set in New York and L.A. and it feels quite tired. And like, (laughs) I know the American experience is a lot more complex and broad than that. Um, And I think... uh, the scope is becoming wider. I've definitely seen good examples of stories set like outside of those uh, two coasts, but um, you know, there's there's always room for more. Given that you are a prolific comic artist, I know I rattled off a lot of the things that you do, um, and and those things are true. You're quite multi hyphenate. I think I met you initially as a comic artist, if I'm remembering correctly. Um, so publishing and self-publishing are pretty intrinsic to that art form. I'm just wondering if there's any lessons from your experiences producing as many comics as you have. Is there anything you wish you had known when you started your self-publishing journey? Yeah, I, th- I mean, I think this is partly like just as... I mean, you could say this about a lot of things, uh, just getting older as an artist. Uh, One thing I think it's important to keep in mind is that there's really no rush, you know? (laughs) You don't don't need to produce things at an insane clip, Uh, but I think it's important to give yourself a deadline. I think that helps a lot um, because some projects can linger endlessly and... Uh, you don't want to let, you know, perfection become the enemy of the good, right? So sometimes just doing it and getting it out there even in an imperfect state is nice. But um, also there's always like more time to do these things. Like uh, most of us are lucky and, you know, live a long life. And if you have a long artistic career, you can like keep a series going for a while. You don't have to fit every single idea into one uh, narrative arc. I think also with self-publishing, allowing yourself to uh, suck at something for a while <laughs> is really important. Like it's okay to produce stuff that you're not 100% happy with. And that's like the freedom of self-publishing too, is uh, the stakes, the stakes are low. The stakes are medium. Like. <laughs> You, you you don't have to put insane pressure on yourself and it's a, it's a way to try something out. So I was interested in talking to you about this subject because I know that you have a history at least exhibiting with the Houston Zine Fest. I just saw you exhibit at the Dallas Zine Fest, but maybe I should let you articulate what your relationship is with the Houston Zine Fest because I think think that you've helped organize in the past is that right yes yeah i've been working with zine fest houston organizing on and off since about 2015 
So I started uh, work there just being a featured artist, which is something we do every year is invite a featured artist in to produce um, imagery for uh, our PR materials and for the website and and to sort of uh, flesh out whatever the theme is for the year. Because we try to pick a theme for each fest and make it feel like a little bit of a unique new experience every time. So how does the Houston Zine Fest enable or promote this practice, making comics, publishing, printmaking, etc. I mean, it's pretty huge. Uh, James and I were having a conversation about it the other day because in like the current, the current state, the current economic state, um, even people like James and I who have been doing Mystic Multiples for some time now, we've been working collaboratively for over a decade. Um, you know, we don't have the funding to pay for the overhead of like our own storefront like we have enough product we could have a small storefront if we wanted to and do that kind of thing but the rent um you know nationwide is so high that it's not realistic for many artists to (laughs) have these kind of spaces so having a more ephemeral setup like these festivals has actually become a big part of how we operate yeah, that's really insightful. Um, because when I, I mean, we're on a call right now coordinating this discussion, I can see your studio. And I've, I've seen it in the past as well. Um, I agree that you could easily open a storefront, you have that much stock. <laughs> um, but the idea that rent is prohibitive, uh, that rings true. I can I can totally imagine that. Walking through Dallas Zine Fest a couple weekends ago, I was, and I've been to other iterations in the past, I'm not a stranger to it, uh, but this time I was just struck at the variety of everything, kind of like the medium, the the mode, the technical style, um, just everything was pretty awe-inspiring to me. And that tells me that there's going to be a lot of different kinds of artists and a lot of different kinds of goals or outcomes that they're looking for in an exhibiting experience like this. I'm just wondering from your perspective, what is a successful zine fest? What does that look like for you? Yeah, I think there's a couple of key factors. Um, one, uh, I think uh, as Zine Fest Houston has moved around to a lot of venues. Uh, I found that the venue can really make or break the success of the festival because um, traffic flow of people is so important. Uh, We've definitely, we've had a lot of venues in the past that have been cramped and too tight. And uh, because, I mean, we're lucky enough to have a lot of people turn out to these events. Um, But at the same time, it's been hard to keep up with the growth of the fest because we want we want to let everybody have a table um and now that we're the orange show the space is quite large and i think we found like a happy medium in this venue um but really uh the traffic flow like how comfortable the the audience is there in the space moving around is really important because that can affect people's sales it can affect like how many tables you're even able to get around to look at Um, I think that's essential. And also, of course, like getting the word out is very important and making sure like people show up 
because the vendors do a lot of work leading up to the fest just to prepare and get everything in order and show up and, you know, be there. So we want to have a good turnout for them. There was a question on here about uh, advice for people who might be thinking about getting a table or who are already tabling out there. Um, One thing I would say is um, subscribe to all the newsletters for like the zine fest in your area and follow them on their like social media and stuff because a a lot of us including zine fest it's like a volunteer run organization like you know uh sometimes it's a little it's a little bit seat of the pants sometimes like the the date of the show changes every year so just to keep up and if you miss an application deadline just shoot the organizers an email and ask them if they you can be on a um uh, waitlist because sometimes you can still get in there people drop out like it's it's often a casual casual experience so my other advice to people is please if you have the time and the interest uh volunteer for your local zine fest or or hell start a start a local zine fest uh, i think there's a lot of uh smaller size cities in the state of texas that could support us you know a nice scene fest. Well, thank you again, Sarah, for taking the time today. I think I could talk to you about the logistics of running a zine fest for a good long while, but I just wanted to touch base with you today. Um, so thanks again for taking the time. Thank you. This week's podcast is sponsored in part by the Houston Museum of African American Culture and their annual Champagne and Ribs fundraiser and art auction, which is happening on December 14th in Houston. The auction, which is part of the Evening of Celebration, features works by internationally recognized artists and some past HMAC exhibiting artists like Evita Tizano, David McGee, Floyd Newsom, Johnny Floyd, and others. Your bid both gets you an incredible work of art and also goes a long way to support the mission of the Houston Museum of African American Culture. The museum is open the week of December 3rd from Tuesday to Saturday from 11 a.m. to 6 p.m. so you can preview the auction in person and also purchase Champagne and Ribs tickets online or in person. On November 2nd, HMAC was named a Houston Cultural Treasure by the BIPOC Arts Network and Fund, which is an acknowledgement of the vital role the museum plays in sharing African American culture and being a part of making sure representation and equity in art and culture exists for all. Support this great museum at hmac.org. That's H-M-A-A-C.org. I'm here with Raul Rodriguez, North Texas-based photographer, artist, curator, and educator. His work has been published in Remezcla, NBC News, the Dallas Morning News, and other major outlets. Alongside his personal art practice, Rodriguez is the publisher of the independent photography platform Deep Red Press. The online publication highlights the work of photographers working in the context of Texas.
Raul, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, William. Thanks for having me today. So, Raul, I was just wondering, based on the work you do in your private art practice, as well as on your publishing platform, Deep Red Press, has Texas influenced your creative work in what you do? Yeah, actually, um, Deep Red Press was kind of a project started because of Texas. You know, I wanted to share perspectives and different voices and um, photographic work that was made around Texas, about Texas, within Texas, but also kind of redefined what it means to be in Texas and be this kind of um, artist. Um, so in a way, I think I started it because because I saw a kind of a need to um, highlight work and people who are from Texas but aren't really falling into the um, homogenized, I think, identity that, uh, that is, it's often kind of given. And within that, within the contributors that you're publishing, um, are there particular themes or aspects of Texas life you feel compelled to promote or that you find especially inspiring? I don't look for anything in particular, but I do look a lot. And I think that helps with sort of seeing threads and different conversations that people are having um, about being in Texas and, and being an artist in Texas. I think it's such a such a point of contrast um, when you look across the, the the region, and that's all of all of Texas. Um, but even outside of Texas, I think uh, reaching out and publishing people who who maybe have roots here or have have some kind of grounding here, but have now like gone on to, to make other kinds of work, um, but still speaking about maybe their upbringing or their coming abouts that, that is informed by Texas. I think those are the stories and, and the bodies of work that, I, that I'm really interested in. I'm just wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you're intaking uh, work from contributors. Are you seeking it out? Does Do they just find you online and it comes to you? I come across work in a variety of ways. Um, there are often submissions. Um, oftentimes, it's also me looking for, um, you know, work online and, and looking at artists who are working now. And then... A lot of the time, it's somebody who I met and somebody who I know um, who I then look at their work and realize like how much it goes hand in hand with what I'm trying to do with Deep Red Press. Um, so those face-to-face -face interactions, uh, you know, they really help and kind of, I think, um, continuing to build community and be informed by them on a more, more personal level. Um, but day-to-day, -day, I think, activities that I do is look at other photographers um, who are working in Texas online and, you know, find their work, find a way to contact them and ask if, if they're willing to have their work featured or if we could dive into a further conversation about their, their practice. Are there any lessons you learned early on from self-publishing that you maybe wish you had known when you started I don't think there's anything I wish I had known when I started because the 
the goal is to just start. And I think lessons will kind of like come along the way, you know, it's kind of like with anything you, you sort of develop it. You, if you want strength, like you, you develop it stronger, you, you kind of just, um, keep going and then it, it will, you find solutions to the problems I think you're, you're facing. Like, for example, with photography, I think one of my biggest concerns was like, how do I show these images that people are showing me in like, in the best light? You know, what, what software system do I need? What website, um, platform do I need to just, to just give, uh, the photographers and the artists who I'm featuring and working with the best platform that their work can be seen on, you know? And I think with, um, as I continue to grow Deep Red Press, you know, I found a lot of those solutions through the lessons I was learning along the way. Though Deep Red Press has an online component, an online presence, you're also self-publishing photo books, both for your own work and for those that are showing work through Deep Red Press. Um, and that leads me to a question about participating in zine fests around the state because you have some experience with that and I think it's like you're a great candidate for that kind of exhibition experience or uh, I think it's a great way for artists like you to promote and show your work. Um, I was just wondering about your experience participating in zine fests both in North Texas and outside of North Texas. I think the Zine Fest community in Texas is amazing. There's Zine Fest in pretty much every region of Texas. Um, and I've been a part of uh, Zine Fest Houston, Lone Star Zine Fest in Austin, Fort Worth Zine Fest has one. Uh, the Dallas Zine Fest, I think, just happened. Um, and yeah, I think coming out of 2020 and COVID, when a lot of this stuff wasn't happening, um, this year, and I think continuing on, those zine fests are going to be so crucial to continuing to build community and be in community with all these sort of self-publishers. Um, so I've definitely enjoyed, and I know that Deep Red has grown because of all of that participation too, you know, going to, to these zine fests and exhibiting um, the publications that, that we've made. I think reinforce the community further, you know, and after after those interactions, they can go online and really take a deep dive into the um, archive of interviews and features that we have. Um, but I will say that the Zine Fest is is a big, I think, component to to growth to the growth of Deep Red. So we're recording in November. Uh, we just had Dallas Zine Fest quickly followed a couple weekends later by Houston Zine Fest. And um, I believe San Antonio has theirs coming up, if I'm not mistaken. And will you be present there? Yeah, this is actually going to be our first time at the San Antonio Zine Fest. And I'm really excited because the last publication that we made um, is called La Pulga. And these are photographs by an artist. Her name is Arlene Mejorado. But she made these beautiful images of a community of um, flea market goers at the uh, Poteet Flea Market in San Antonio. So 
it's just super exciting to bring that book back to kind of its origins and have it there um, for the community. I'm sure we might run into, you know, people who might see some family members in this book, which is totally beautiful. And so, you know, I'm super excited to to be down there. And that's December 9th uh, coming up. So it'll be a great kind of reintroduction back into the Zine Fest uh, circuit. Um, and then, you know, next year will be will be another year of of a lot of these Zine Fest kind of going down in, in Texas. Absolutely. It's it's exciting that you can showcase work about a place, even if it's outside of um, where we're based in North Texas and then the audiences can respond to that. So we definitely encourage listeners to make it down to San Antonio to visit the San Antonio Zine Fest. It'll be at the San Antonio Central Library on December 9th. So be sure to make it if you can. Raul, thank you so much for being with us today. It was such a pleasure to hear about your experience um, working in self-publishing your own work and others. and. Uh, is there a way that people can connect with Deep Red Press if they're interested? Yeah, totally. Uh, DeepRedPress.com, you know, is, is where the platform kind of resides. And you can go on there and take a look at a lot of the great photography that's happening in Texas. We have uh, a couple of contributors across uh, Texas. Um, Brenda Edith Franco kind of holds it down in Houston. And another good friend of mine, Ingrid Leva is now um, interviewing and, and, you know, contributing resources from the El Paso, Ciudad Juarez region, you know, which, which you know, helps us cover a lot of ground in Texas and, and continue to feed in these stories from, from, from these different parts and not just Central or, you know, the Texas Triangle. We definitely want to expand and reach out to some of these pockets of Texas that sometimes go unnoticed. Raul Rodriguez, thank you again for taking the time today. Thank you. And with that, we are going to wrap up this week's Art Dirt discussion on independent publishing and zine fests across the state. As always, there's a lot to see and do across the state of Texas, so be sure to go online to glasstire.com and check out our statewide exhibition and events calendar. And if you're able to, go see some art. This podcast was recorded by Glass Tire and edited by William Saradet. Copyright Glass Tire 2023.